Hello everybody, welcome back to the Precision Unloaded podcast, uh, New Zealand's quite possibly only precision shooting podcast. Uh, tonight, uh, Mark um, is in the dark ages and his internet it doesn't really work, so it's, uh, it's obviously Graham, most of you know me, and we're joined by the, uh, the, the coolest of the cool in the precision shooting world, Anthony Colley. Welcome Anthony. Hey Graham. Uh, so what's going on, going on in your end of the world, champ? Oh, not much. Just enjoying, um, enjoying not sh- not thinking about shooting for a few weeks. Just about it. Yeah, it's it's weird how much we get into all these different comps and look forward to them, and then but actually having a little bit of time off at the end of the year is quite a um a relief in some regards. Um, sure is. Yeah. So obviously, I'll just quickly say, uh, sponsor of the show is the Gun Rack. Um, get that out of the way if you need. Uh, MDT, Boyd's, Hauer, Element Optics, um, go to www.gunrack.nz or Facebook, Instagram, whatever. Either Area 419 as well. So yeah, um, and they'll sort you out. Anyway, so this episode, episode 55, we promised it for a little while. Um, we did some previous episodes a couple of months back with Anthony around his, um, the, the previous rounds of the Australian Paris series. And I think the last one was just before you jetted off to the final. So that's come and gone, and we've seen been been a bit busy to talk about it. So tonight's episode is pretty much what it's about. We're going to talk about you know practice, getting over there to compete, you know the travel, uh, the, everything. So um, it's obviously a match heavy podcast. Ninety percent of our podcast is about matches here in New Zealand, but yeah. So um, Anthony. Um, hmm. So, this was the final. You competed in four previous events or three? Mm, four. 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 Four yep. previous events, right? So, where, rough, roughly, where were you sitting in the series points before the final? Oh, I was sitting uh, in fifth, nine points behind um, the two leaders who were tied on a maximum of two hundred, and I was on one hundred ninety-one. Um, and yeah, it was pretty tight. Third to third to fifth was pretty tight. We're separated by two points, I think. And then there was a bit of a bump up to the two guys on two hundred. So yeah, so a little I, way, I a little we, way back. Yeah. We talked about it, and you were saying, oh, you know, there's 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 an outside chance of doing well. Right? Like where you were sitting wasn't ideal, but it was still not bad. So no, I I've had. The, expectation of um well not expectation but I, yeah like my goal was because i was sitting quite a way back and the two guys basically in tied first were on the maximum of 200 that you go into the finale with i thought geez it'll be hard to make up that many hits on those guys um so i thought i had a rough goal of saying <laughs> well if i'm third for the series i'll be pretty happy um, and to do that, I'd have to do pretty bloody well in the in the in the finale. Um, and I'm yeah, in my mind, there's no way of getting past either of those guys because nine points. Um, that's effectively six or seven hits in the finale um, that you'd have to be clear by, and that's a lot with that type of competition. So we'll cover it more as we go along. But obviously, things did work out real differently in the end um, yep. with with conditions and and all sorts. So. Um, but we'll get to that. So, obviously, in the lead up, um, what 
preparation did you do in the direct lead up? You know, that sort of solid. Normally, well, you you do more training than anyone, but I do a two week period before an event. You you're a little bit more intense. So, what did you do in the lead up to this this um, big this big fight, the biggest match you'd ever competed in, essentially? Uh, we're pretty match heavy coming prep going into it anyway. Like the last. I think the last two or three weekends before, I'd shot every weekend at a match. I've been down south at Boundary Creek. Um, one of the was it one of the twenty-two shoots. I can't remember, but we'd, there's quite a lot of shooting match shooting coming into it. And in between, I was doing. I was probably shooting every second day at home, and then the five days beforehand, um, I shot every day like pretty intensely like a couple hundred rounds um before i left and uh wilkie had just got back from overseas and had nothing to do so i got up i said to him hey come over and spend five days shooting with me and we'll just you know hammer it getting ready for the final and get him sharpened up at the same time since he's been sitting around doing bugger all for six months and yeah that worked that worked really well you know we had some pretty intense sessions each day uh, sort of a couple hundred rounds, two to three. Um, didn't do any rim fire at all. It was all centre fire. Um, did a session with you and a couple other boys on on the weekend before as well, which was bloody good. You know, I just wanted to do as much shooting as I could just to stay sharp. And, um, yeah, a few people say that the more they shoot, the worse they get. But for me, it's the opposite. The more I shoot, you know, it keeps me sharp. So. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was sort of the lead up, um, and by the, by the Tuesday, I was leaving on the, ooh, leaving on the Thursday, but by the Tuesday, I was pretty over the, uh, pretty over the training, to be fair, and, uh, I didn't really want to do much, and, um, sort of in the morning, I was like, ah, nah, probably won't do much today, I'll just sort of zero the rifle and get some data, and, Wilkie just sort of put his hand on my shoulder, looked me in the eye, and was like, "Do you want to fucking win or not? Because <laughs> if you awesome. do, yep. we've got to uh, we've got to go out and train." I was like, "Right, that's what we're doing." <laughs> that's awesome, Real- mate. That's so cool. <laughs> super, super uplifting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's not a bad thing, eh? It's um, it's sort of yeah. That's pretty awesome of him to. <clears throat> Yeah, that's cool. I like that. Yeah. And so you did one last day, so you um, get your zero rules. Like, well, obviously you got to take the scope off, but one last check over everything, shoot some more stages and and that kind of thing. Um, yeah, it was mainly just data uh, data checks. So just yeah, load up my match load for my match gun, um, chuck it in the chassis because I obviously just run different barrel actions. So pull the two to three out. Um, change scope, change everything to the match configuration, uh, get a good zero, um, fiddle with the tuner a bit, just make sure it was, you know, bang on, check my data all the way out, which isn't that far when, for the Aussie stuff, I sort of only checked to about 600 metres, um, and it was, yeah, just make sure that the Kestrel's lined up, muzzle velocities you know that just make sure there's going to be no surprises basically and then so that was that all checked out and then after that's basically just load the match ammo 
or finish loading the match ammo. I normally have all the brass prep by then, and I don't load at all until I've done a check of yeah, done my data and stuff like that, just in case I need to change something. So because that, that's that, bitten you in the past, hasn't it? With it has patches of yep. bullets and such. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Yep. So everything had lined up. Yeah, you know, I'd, I'd been using the same batch of projectiles for the last couple of weeks. Um, it was proven load. You know, it was hammering, but I don't leave anything to chance ever, especially not for that match like that. You know, you just want to make sure everything's perfect, and it was just stacking them. Yeah, you know, so th- three shots on every plate all the way out, and it was just one impact basically the whole way. And I was like, yeah, this gun's on. So. Because whenever you've had issues in the past, it is near well with with usually uh, variations in projectiles or such. It's it's usually been when you're hitting overseas. Yeah, and and a, and a match we'll talk another major match we'll talk about in the future. Big issues with with ammo, yes. so outside of your control. So yeah, so that's you've got a, a, a way of <clears throat> sifting through any potential issues now with several, with a few days up your sleeve, and then you know that ammo is match match grade good to go so that's yeah like you don't want any surprises right you just want to make sure everything's tested everything's right everything's um yeah well effectively tested twice you don't want to you know even if i'm going from brass that's one yeah if i'm using up the last of my brass that might be fourth fired or something going into the fifth fired brass i'll load up a batch of that as well and go and test it side by side with the fourth firing just in case there's a small tiny difference might only be a tenth but tenth matters yeah um it hardly ever is but it's mainly when you're going from projectile to projectile um for batch batch numbers because uh yeah batch or lot to lot batch to batch um can be significantly different yeah okay so any sort of between uh, the previous round and and then the several comps you did in New Zealand between any sort of major changes or minor changes to the the setup the rifle you know rifle bipod scope all the same um, from the last Australian match the Tassie one I was shooting the BRA but it was still in the whiskey I think yeah yeah pretty sure it was and I changed pretty much the week after to the C four. Um, we shot Boundary Creek with the C4, um, the two-day match there, the first day was centrefire, the second day was 2 3 but I just swapped the 2 3 into the chassis because I wanted as much time getting used to that and getting it set up as possible. Um, so that was the biggest change. Scope, everything, everything's the same that I normally normally run. Um, it was just a matter of getting that chassis dialed in, getting it weighted up properly, getting the balance right, getting the rear end of it, you know, to, to fit me properly and um, that was about it and just yeah lots and lots of trigger time um, between Boundary Creek and when we left to make sure I was comfortable and familiar with it because it was a little bit heavier balance points a little bit different but longer so things like adjusting your bipod and stuff like that was um, had to work out a new strategy because it was just yeah quite a bit further forward than I was used to so just little things like that so I wasn't unfamiliar in the match yeah yeah that, that's the funny thing though a small change uh, but oh, probably more so this is me being silly but um, when we shot Barrel Burner at the start of the year I swapped um, I can't remember what rings I had on my comp setup but I 
went to an Odeur one-piece mount and it, it sat like 10 millimeters higher from the center of ring to, to center of scope and then we had a paper stage so I'd entered all the data into my phone but we had a paper stage I don't know if you recall it was like seven meters away yeah and I don't dial for close range paper I hold and I shoot and holy holy shit this is this is way lower than I expected and then so I adjust and bang my bang get the points and afterwards think oh no that's right my my offset's different now so I've, I've practiced this way of shooting these close range paper stages we see in practical shooting in New Zealand and um made a change didn't take it into account and um hmm. again that, that didn't go that bad but it can it can it can turn to shit and that's just one example i guess to, depending how tight the match is but yeah that, that <laughs> one one missed shot because of something like that can cost you yeah no that's right and um yeah yeah and, and that can be the, the difference between um a good place singer or an average one um okay so Travelling over to Aussie, so in the past you've had all sorts of issues with permits. Uh, did they lose your rifle once? Um, uh, no, Tassie, they slightly misplaced it because yeah. I, um, I was the first international person to bring a firearm into their new airport, apparently, which is hard to believe. And we're sort of lurking around the customs area waiting for the rifle because they were like oh it'll just turn up here in, in the back room and it, and it didn't for like an hour and they went looking for it and it was just laying out on the floor by the regional um, baggage claim um, <laughs> they were quite apologetic and <laughs> I said well it doesn't, doesn't worry me man like it's a, <laughs> so, and then yeah and then they managed to leave my passport in the photocopier and oh, you th- lose that so no no nothing like that this time your permits went through plenty of time no yep. issues with Perm- flights. yeah permit we'd we'd got in real early the invitation for the final had yeah, been sent to me really early in the piece um so i could file for my permits really early um i left it a, the only thing that was well it wasn't it wasn't bad i just left it a little bit late to do my export permit and restricted goods permit to get the gun back out of Australia like to the last week and they gave me a bit of a telling off for that they said hey we need two weeks ideally yeah. but we'll do it this time and I said oh, shit my bad so um your your experience now is going to be because I'm with the people know, I'm 98% going to several matches in Australia next year with with you um so it's going to make my life a lot easier that you've you've had all these issues before and you've gone to the different states in Australia and um, it's going to make my life easier essentially just being able to lean on you for um, advice or I'll just I might even fill in my forms. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> it's, it's it's not too bad. The like it's a lot of paperwork. Yeah, the whole to go to Melbourne and back is like thirteen or fourteen or fifteen pages of forms to to fill out by the time you do your New Zealand import permit and the export permit to get out of this out of back out of Aussie and your import paperwork and all that type of thing. So it's but it's just copy and paste off the computer now for me, so it's pretty easy. Oh that's good. But so, so getting there once you got the rifle come out with, from customs, um and yep. you're good to go. Yep, yep. It was all <clears throat> all pretty pretty straightforward. Um always takes time to get through, you know, it adds another hour to clearing customs when you've got a rifle because they pull you through to the the uh you know, the search room with all the drug addicts and stuff like that. Oh, so they because it's a something they haven't seen they open it up and check it as what's on the paperwork and such and 
Yep. Yeah, they check serial number, they pull your ammunition out, they look at that, they look at your mags, they make sure that everything's on your paperwork is what you've got. Um, and it's pretty straightforward. And the first time it's a little bit nerve-wracking because there'll be four or five people standing around staring at you, you know, going through your stuff, looking at things, and you think, God, I feel like a criminal. But it's, um, yeah when you're getting escorted through customs by the customs officers and all the police um you get a few stares out of everyone in line but whatever yeah yeah that <laughs> might just be how you look anthony with your big yeah it's nothing to do with the gun crazy beard. <laughs> yeah. and i assume you wear your hardy team hardy rifle shirt right through the airport yeah with the gun on it yeah 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 <laughs> No, uh, so that, that was all pretty easy. Um, I was staying with a friend in Melbourne, 20 minutes from the airport, so we got there quite late, about 10.30, I think, by the time I cleared customs at night. So he just picked you up from out front? Yeah, just picked me up out front. Um, Do these friends know that you're going to be bringing a plus one next year? Yeah. Just a surprise? Yeah. 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 I'll just be like, oh, by the way, there's oh, four of us. Oh. <laughs> um, to be honest, you do, you do it when you come to stay at my house sometimes, you bring Nick. Yeah, you got a spare bed. If not, he can just sleep in the truck. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Cool. So you, um, sorry, you said Melbourne, didn't you? So stay in Melbourne yep. that night, and then yep. Where to from there? Um. So Friday morning, uh, we plan was to stay at a property about ten minutes or five minutes, probably from the range. Ten minutes, maybe. Um, range is oh, half an hour out of Melbourne Central and. Alex's house is sort of 20 minutes the other side, so it's going to be two hours of travel each day there and back. So we thought, oh, well, bugger it, we'll just stay at this property that one of the other uh, guys had, had rented. It just had a giant shed, like a giant industrial shed that used to be a workshop or something, and everyone just pitched tents and stretches and stuff in there, and it was pretty cool. So I'm hanging out with a bunch of, uh, bunch of cool dudes over there as well. So, um, you know, it was nice and convenient the weather was horrible so it was better than uh when he first suggested he said oh we're gonna camp i was like no nah not that keen. <laughs> <laughs> he said oh oh no it's not actual camping we're camping in a shed and i was like oh, okay so are there beds in there and he was like yeah yeah our stretchers so he, so he <laughs> had a stretcher for you yeah, oh, yeah. So he sorted me. He had stretcher, sleeping bag, pillow, you know, everything. Yeah, sorted. So I was, I was, I was looked after. Um, so yeah, so we, we headed off, set up camp, um, yeah, and sign in and zero and practice started about 12 on the, as normal on the Friday. So, uh, got all, got our camp set up, rolled up to the range to get into that in the most horrible conditions we've had in a, and every match this year has rained everywhere, but that was, it was bad. <laughs> Cold and wet and rainy and. Well, the, well, the um, weather was, we were getting the weather, uh, new, well, I don't watch the news much anymore, there's news stories about how shit the weather was. Yeah. We were, like here in um, New Zealand, so we were we were heading over to the Seeker show, and yeah, it was on the news the Saturday night, you know, in our hotel. Like, yeah, So yeah, okay, shit house weather, enough to make the international news, that's how shit the weather was. Yeah, that was, it was pretty average, um, and pretty windy. And so the, the conundrum was, um, how do you zero your gun in these conditions, get an accurate zero? And everyone's strategy seemed to be that the range is, uh, it's not very wide, it's probably 
80 meters wide, 90 meters wide, maybe, maybe 100 at a stretch. And it's got these two big berms. Well, one side's got sort of a concrete wall that goes sort of halfway up, and then there's a bit of a gap, and then there's a berm, and then there's some trees, and that goes up into the hills. And then the other side's just this big berm, runs about 300 meters up the range, I think. Then there's a big gap, and then another little berm, then it goes on up the hill. Um, so everyone, the, the wind was coming right to left, so everyone set up their boards on the right-hand side, right underneath the berm, um, to try and zero there. And the wind, we sort of walked out there to to feel the wind. This is before the range was open, obviously, so we could go forward to the line. Um, we went out there to put our boards up, and it was just like horrible there under that berm. It was just swirling and like vortexing around, and grass was going one way, then the other way, and I was like, ah, no, I'm not too happy with this zeroing and everyone decided that was the best option and I wandered out into the middle of the range and got the kestrel out and yeah to see what it was like there and it was just pretty it was just a pretty consistent strong like 15 mile but consistent wind and I thought well this is probably better because at least I know where my zero should be in that those conditions I should be you know a tenth or a tenth and a half left and about a tenth high I thought well bugger it I'm gonna do that um, so I set up my board there and everyone's sort of looking at me a bit weird like what the hell why don't you shelter it and I was sort of explained to a couple of guys my thinking and they're like oh yeah good plan so they went and put their board out next to mine um, and yeah it, it doesn't it's not right it doesn't feel right when, you, when you're trying to zero your gun and you're aiming for a point and, and your bullets are all hitting 10th and a half left and a 10th high and, and you're like yep no that zero is mean <laughs> <laughs> it's good for those conditions um and I just yeah, it's got to trust, trust the kestrel, what it's telling you. Um, there's no point cutting centre, and then when there's no wind, you're hitting way off to the right. Um, yeah, so we did that. Um, guns zeroed real well. So obviously we'll get to it, but the being the final and. From what we understand, having, well, as you know, very small targets, like even smaller than normal, um, that yeah. having that zero, like bang on, precise, perfect, is going to be key. Key, and then you 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 think you've figured it out, but you're going to be a little bit unsure, right? Yeah, well, you you just don't know because yeah. you can trust the technology, and you you know you can all the maths you want into it and be like yeah nah, this is where it should be um yeah but it's just hard looking at it sitting way up there way away from your aiming <laughs> point you're like oh well we'll just see how that goes and that's the best you can do you know no other way to test it you can't spin around and test it in the wind the other way you just got to deal with it well that's the thing like even here uh, well again we don't allow zeroing but there's the odd exception we make um in certain ways and obviously you being pretty friendly with myself and Mark you get the odd bit of you just wander off on the farm because you hunt there all the time but you could just go and <laughs> you, well, you know what I mean it's like it's real windy it's real windy here I'm saying yeah. the day before I'm yeah. going to head behind this giant hill or in this gully yeah. and maybe or there's a big strip of bush I don't know and, and maybe find somewhere to do it but on the square range you got no choice. Yeah, you're breaking the law. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can't you can't go anywhere else. You can't do anything else. And you can sit. Your options are: you can shoot from uh, twelve to four on the Friday. You can sit there and wait until five to four to do it and see if the conditions get better, or they'll 
they may get worse. Ah, so, that's a good point. Is it is it worth doing it? And yeah, I've got this idea, and then if you hang around and it does get better, checking it again, or do you just? Oh yeah, I, I stayed there all day. I checked it like three or four times in different uh, different conditions. Yeah, as the wind dropped off, and uh, and it's shifting around on the paper. You know, doing what it should. Um, we all day we had right to left breeze and yeah, you know, and every time I checked it, it was somewhere left of centre, and I was like, well, this makes sense. You know, the height was changing depending on how the uh, strong the crosswind was because of you know your aerodynamic jumps changing <laughs> a bit, um, and obviously your wind is just changing. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't think you're going to see that at 100 meters, but you 100 percent see it at 100 meters. Like, is it going to be more? Of, so you're obviously more clued up on this than me. Were they say if you were shooting your six mil creed, you run your site. Say if I was shooting my six mil creed at like thirty fifty with a one oh eight. Yeah. Compared to like a one oh eight at twenty seven fifty or twenty eight hundred, that's gonna be affected more, right? But is it gonna be yeah. that much different? Uh, six, you think it'll still be a click? No, nah, it wouldn't be a tenth. Yeah. So so it's probably not gonna be as big a deal, but that's a much faster cartridge. No, once you get past the wind value of that gun, so once you get past your your gun number effectively, like mm-hmm. six mile or whatever, yeah, it's going to be about a tenth. Yeah. So if you're under that, you might be like half a tenth, but you can't get out of it anyway, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, and you're probably not going to see it. If it's four mile an hour wind, you're not going to see a big change in your zero to 100 metres. So it mm. might be like fractionally left of centre, and there's nothing you can do about it, and that's where it should be. Yeah. Um, but if it's 15 mile an hour... You think well, yeah, it, it's gonna yeah. be some. It's gonna be about a tenth and a half, yeah, and sure. and it's yeah. gonna be a tenth high because yeah, you, you know, it's climbing the breeze. As yeah. it's, so what's a fast six? Like a seven mile an hour gun? Yeah, yeah. nearly. It's fast. Yeah, and fast. So, so yeah. fifteen mile an hour. Yeah, but if yeah. Like, yeah. So six to seven. Yeah, okay. So yeah, it makes it makes sense. Yeah. Um, cool. It's, it's, it's something. I'm not gonna lie. It's not something I've thought about that much at 100 meters. Uh, yeah. Albeit most of my again, I'm not. Flying, well, we've flown occasionally, but we're not taking the scopes off. You know what I mean? So the the gun's ready to go. So well, I'm, something to, something to think about at home as well when you're just zero. You know, mm. day before go day before match, checking zero, and it's a bit windy, and you're cutting centre, and then you get to the match, and you say you've had a left to right wind, and you're doing your zero or checking your zero, and it's a tenth right and a tenth low because you got left to right wind, and you think ah, oh, needs to come up and left a tenth, and then at the match you're wondering why you're missing everything high and left because yep. you've just ruined your zero yeah yeah it's, it's another and again i guess it's field where our targets are sort of um well, are bigger generally there's the odd small yep. thing you're probably going to soak up that little deviation in the target but when you're shooting sub sub point three to point two mil targets um yeah you can't be out boy yeah so if, you, if, if you're, you're at point tenth you're out yeah, yeah. if you've got a point two target you shoot the center and you're a tenth out Sorry, yep. point one. I'm not an American. You, that's down the edge. Yeah, and then you got the variation of your group to add onto that, right? So that's gonna. That's right. Yeah. So now that's that's a really interesting point. We, when I shoot small targets, there's the odd one in in, in GPR and TLR stuff, as you know, but not that many. But when you and I practice, we run uh, small targets on purpose, yeah. um, which is a new thing to me. These this last year training on the real small steel. Um, yeah. like that little target I made for you and I to play around with. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's a yeah. two, just over two inch target. You put it at two hundred fifty meters, and it's anyway. Yeah, okay. 
sorry, I'm getting getting sidetracked. I'm thinking a bit much. We're meant to be interviewing you, not uh, figuring out why I'm not that good. So, okay, <laughs> so you, you got you, you're confident-ish in your zero, considering what you had. I was I was confident as I could be, and um, yeah, and then the next battle was trying to just check my data in those conditions. Yeah, and because one, you you never actually problem with reading wind in a, on a flat square range when you're standing undercover is you can't get a true wind reading where you're standing. Um, I could get a pretty good accurate reading when we're doing a hundred meters zero because while I was out there putting my board up, I was standing with my kestrel in the air, you know, getting a wind average for like five minutes, working out what the what the gusts were, what the lulls were, and sort of looking at it. But when you go back and the range is open, you can't go forward of your firing line, which is the edge of the concrete. So you can sort of poke your hand out the front, but that's doing bugger all. Um, so all you can do is sort of just look at uh, just best guess, basically, out there. You know, you can get a rough wind reading, and you can look at the grass right where you're standing and get a wind reading and be like, yeah, this is 10 mile an hour, and up there the grass is bent over a bit more and it's going a bit faster. So that's probably 15 to 18, you know. And that's as good as you can do. Um, so getting true data, they had, they had a good array of targets, and we could shoot most things, um, which is generous because normally they only put one or two targets out there, for, and everyone shoots it. So unless you're the first one, you got no paint, and you can't see shit. Um, but they had a good array out for us to shoot. Um, so we could check data from sort of three hundred out to five twenty. I think was the furthest target, and. And we were hitting the plates, and the data looked good. Um, definitely missing the plates a lot too, but and trying to pick out rocks and stuff like that on the range that no one else was shooting, and it seemed good. Yeah, like as it as it should be, because Kestrel's pretty well tuned in, um, guns tuned in, so there's no reason why it shouldn't have been unless I was reading the wind like really really badly. Yeah. Um, and just making sure that you know, when you're checking data and zero and stuff like that, that you put inputting those conditions into the Kestrel to get the right information back out of it. Because if it, if you're just working off the elevation with no windage on it, it's going to have you out by a tenth or something like that. And then you go and true it up, and you've trued it up and falsely. Mm, shit in, shit out, eh? Yep. 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 Um, so I was happy. You know, we stayed there all day. I shot oh, maybe 50 rounds through the day. Most of them were at 100. Um, just checking, triple checking, lob a few out, different conditions out the, on the range. And I was happy, happy as I could be. Um, and then, yeah, once you grab your matchbook at four o'clock, that's it. The range is shut. Grab your matchbook, you're out. So, so, so you get your you get your range book. You have to, yep. you have to bugger off and leave the range. Yeah, you have to leave. You can't. So you that can't saves wander you back like down. mapping stages out and yeah, preparing for it. Okay. Yeah, because yeah. they like they put out uh, most of the targets are out there already. And we're all looking at them thinking, oh, jeez, if those the targets we have to shoot tomorrow, we're in, and if the conditions are like this, like we're in the shit. Yeah. <laughs> they were small. And there's most of them are out there. And then we turned up on the Saturday, conditions were just as bad, probably worse. And um, there's a lot more targets out there, all just as small. And we're like, ah, oh, fuck. Oh, well, <laughs> this is what we're running with today. Should be a tough day. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that can. Yeah, so, so you're going in on the Friday. So you, you bugger off. You get your matchbook. You you think your zero is good, but it's going to play in your mind. I, I imagine there's no way around that. You've just got to try. Nah, to you can't. You can't let it play in your mind. You just got to be like the zero is as good as I can get it. That's that's it. 
Yeah. So that I guess that's a good thing if you can go in and say, I can't do jack shit about it now. It is what it is. And I'm gonna yep. have to deal with it tomorrow if there's an issue and then you might that's a that's a yeah, good mental um if well, um, at the it's not at easy. the most I knew I was gonna be a tenth out somewhere. And I thought, you know, if I can first stage if I can see a couple of hits um, pretty clearly in that field, or hopefully a lot of hits in that first stage, and I'm trending a tenth left or a tenth higher or a tenth right or a tenth lower or whatever, I'll correct it right there and then yeah. and and be done. You know, trust the data. And if it's wrong, you know, I'll, I'll adjust on the fly because I'm happy to do that. I'll do whatever it takes during the match to make it line up. Yeah. I've shot a couple matches. Again, my skill setting up stuff was not nearly as good. Some people will say it's still not that good. but um, And I've had to, yeah, back then we shot MOA, but most of the day I'm two MOA low, mm. you know, which is quite a lot. And it was a selection, yeah. two or threes out to 700 metres home. But, and adjusting it and just running that offset all day. Um, yeah, but again, that ideally you don't go in with such a big deficit to begin with and um yeah yeah okay so the targets small targets again that's going to be messing with you a bit or, or not too bad like before. um they're like of like you know it's going to be hard and you know it's going to be uh like a pretty hectic match in terms of movement and multi-targets and stuff like that anyway and I, and most of their props are pretty stable so it's not really an issue about stability hitting them it just comes down to data and wind or mainly the wind can you hit them in that wind and it, the wind wasn't bad enough that it was buffeting the guns on the props because one were pretty sheltered undercover but um I'd rather have bigger plates than having the gun buffeting instead of having something that you, if you're more than the tenth out, you're missing. Yeah. Um, the yeah, buffeting, so. I struggle with dealing with buffeting wind. I'm, yeah. I've still not figured a way to... Anyway, yeah, so... Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so they called it Reddit squads. Um, they'd put top ten and squad one, second, yeah, ten to twenty and squad two, so on and so on. So top ten guys for the series were all squatted together. Um then shooting order went off alphabetical order and I think this I think that was the fifth match or fourth match over there that I've shot first on the first stage because my initials A C seems to put me at the top of the list every time. Yeah. Um, which I'm normally pretty happy about because I get the clean plates, I get to check my data, um, you know, just rattle those I like to shoot first. Um, and if I if I had my way I'd shoot first every stage. Because um, you just rock up, you got a plan, you know your plan, you go and shoot, and you move on. And the more you watch other people, you start second guessing your plan and try and change your plan, and it sort of ruins it. That's that's a fair point because in the, on a complicated stage, it, it's it, I've been in comps and you say you're with a, someone else you're very competitive with. We've actually like paper scissors rocked on who would shoot it first, and yeah. just because um, well, uh, the our, our match in the middle of the year. Um, in the trees if I had gone first I would have done exactly what you did which nearly lost you the competition and you yes. would have seen that and gone oh that's a fucking terrible idea yep. you know what I mean and so occasionally it can be a thing but then you say like you say you watch 
nine really good dudes <coughs> shoot it, and then you you fuck with your plan and um, it's it, it's a little bit it, it's it's the same but it's different because like here like that match for example you've got options of where you can shoot from True. what targets you're shooting from where um all of this stuff over there you don't have a choice you're shooting those targets from that position then you move into there 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 then there mm-hmm. and you've got okay. to stick to that order otherwise yeah. you're getting marked as misses yeah um so it's mainly about uh, like what gear you're going to use or what positions you're going to use um like you might have an option you might have seven or eight positions on that are marked and you have to choose six of them or something and you might think yeah i like that one that one that one that one that one and that one and you go and, and you go and do it but if you watch three or four dudes they might do it a different way and you think oh yeah yeah no i might copy that and but that might not be your strong point yeah so it's about i find it's just i look at it and i think yep yeah, i'm these are my strengths i'm going to shoot from there 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 and there or a lot of stages you don't have a choice you just got to shoot where they tell you anyway so that's fine um or you might think oh i'm going to use this gear for that stage and someone else might think oh, i'm going to use bipod instead of a bag or tripod rear instead of no tripod rear or they're going to use uh, puff pillow instead of no puff or you know whatever and but you might see someone else use uh, puff pillow for example um and they might be really practiced with it and it looks really good and then you go and try it and you think oh yeah i'll give that a go and you make a hash of it and you would have just been better off running what you'd normally do yeah um so yeah so anyway so i was shooting first first stage and it was sort of a prone-ish stage it was sort of like one you couldn't use a bipod um but it was just a super low sort of staircase with a bit of a ramp um and the first one you could get down, you could just go bag on the front um, and really low at the back and just shoot like proper prone. And I was like, yep. And then you sort of got higher and higher and higher and then lower again. And the highest point was sort of that uh, really, really low, awkward kneeling where you can't quite get your elbows on the ground. Yeah. But too high for sort of prone um, and everything in between. So it was an awkward stage. And 10 rounds, 90 seconds, two targets, two pretty small targets, uh, sort of a near far. Um, and yeah, so I jumped down, got some good hits, uh, got some good misses too. I think the first two shots missed. Um, I was saying, oh yeah, the wind is sporting, and then got some hits, and waterline was perfect, although I was sort of, yeah, a bit edgy <laughs> on the plates, not many hit centre. And I ended up with six, and I thought, bugger it, like, this is, this is my final done, we've got 16 stages to shoot, and I've just ruined it on the first one, getting a six. Mm-hmm. And then by the time the rest of the squad, I was sort of tracking five or six guys, um, I was tracking the four dudes above me in the series and the one guy behind me because we're all pretty tight. Um, so I like to keep track of scores just see where everyone's at. And the other, the, most of those boys hate it. They hate that someone else, that, that, yeah, that their score's getting tracked. But yeah. And so the guys I was tracking, my six was pretty good because a couple of them got seven, a couple of them got three, one of them got two, and the others were sort of five and six. And I was like, ooh, okay, hey, we are, we're on. 
Yes. Well, this isn't too bad. And that was sort of the story of the day. We just ended up, um, you know, the scores were just low all day. Like stage two was 12 rounder. I only got six. Some guys got three. Some guys got eight. Some got seven. Uh, third stage was 10 round stage. I got three. Uh, a couple of other guys got three and a four and a seven. And then even skill stage two, which was our fourth one, you know, pretty biggest target out there by a long way. 10 inch target. 360 meters just yeah normally um pretty straightforward just rattle through it and no issue and i dropped two on that i just yeah thought i had most of the plate bracketed i was holding like point two off shot miss left edge i was holding off right miss left edge i thought oh shit okay there's heaps of wind out there so i held like one mil and then it went inside the right edge at about point four and i was like oh okay (laughs) this is just got to shoot for the averages so i just went back to my 0.2 off right edge and just sent the rest and um and they were just clipping the plate left and right left and right as the wind was picking up and dropping off and i was shooting pretty quickly um and there's guys getting threes and fours on it out of our squad and that's normally a given that stage you just take your eight points and move and on walk off yeah it's, it's all about the time isn't it but so so yeah. the time the time become well not irrelevant because I mean, but l- far less relevant because getting if you got eight hits, it, yeah, if you, yeah, yeah, it was it, it was just about getting the hits. And like, I was slow. I was like a minute to do it, and normally I'm like mid forties. So. so if if say if uh, I'm not sure exactly how it works. If if you and I, um, say me and you shot the skill stage and we're tied on points at the end of the competition, it's just yeah. theory. You hit eight targets, <coughs> but I hit seven, but I did it quicker. Do you still oh. get me on the fact you hit eight out of, se- out of eight? Or does yes. my time break? The- okay, cool. That's, that makes more sense. Score, <laughs> for, score first, time second. Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, so, sure yeah, but if you both didn't clean it and ended up on seven or six, and you both had six, That's then fine. it comes down to time. Yeah. But first of all, whoever gets the highest score on that stage, and then... But this match was different, so it wasn't just that stage, because we had two skill stage in, uh, in this match. We had skill stage three also, um, which I'd never seen before. I'd read up on it, so I anticipated that we might get another skill stage in the match, because it was a final, and so there's four of them. So I had them all printed out, and I was reading them Friday night, um, you know, memorising them. And so we had skill stage three, which was a cool one because I hadn't done it before. Well, yeah, sort of cool, but um, yes, yeah, so he dropped into prone position and engaged near left target and far left target with one round each. Hit to move. Shooter then conducts a mandatory mag change and re-engages far left target and near left targets in that order. Yeah. Shooter then moves to a prop, which is like ten meters to your right. It's a little box. Um, and engages the near right and far right target with one round, hit to move, mandatory mag change, and then re-engage the far right and then near right with one round each. So you've got to do two mag changes, one big movement, shoot from prone, and shoot off a prop at two different distances on two different targets. Four different targets. So quite simple, simpler than it sounds. Um, and you've got 90 seconds. Uh, yeah, so it's 12 round stage, but you only need to get eight hits. 
but you can use 12. It's the only one you get spare rounds on. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's not often a thing in the uh, no. Perus rules, is it? No, so four from each position. So four prone, then move to the other one, four off the box um, with a couple of mag changes. So you really need the three mags as well. Um, and... Yeah, so they combined the two. So you, the tiebreak came down to both of those... Um, both of those... Uh, skill stages to combined. Okay, so they okay, so because they're both skill stages, yep. they combine the time or yes. the score. Yes, so both. same thing. Score first, yeah, and then okay, yeah, oh, okay. Because I've, I've not again uh, the only matches I've shot. Uh, PRS New Zealand are the, the PRS ones, and they only loosely followed the official rules. Um, so yes. and then none of the other, I think the first match didn't even have a skill stage and the no. second one didn't even get timed so the third one was the only one with a, a proper doing that in air quotes um skill stage okay cool I, these are things that i do need to learn obviously i've practiced it with you up at yeah. various ranges um for australia but um, yeah if we're not doing it here i need to yeah no yeah it needs to be something that you practice um yeah so anyway so we rattled through the day um, very poorly. Like, we were, everyone was missing so many targets. We had like one, uh, you'd have one sort of decent stage where you might get like 70% of the points, and then you'd, next stage you'd just get hammered and get like three out of 12 or something. Um, and it was just luck of the draw, like when you're shooting, how bad the wind was, and it was switching through the day. And yeah, you know, like mid stage, there was guys holding off right edge, and then by the time they get to the end of the stage, they'll be holding off left edge because the wind had just completely... Sp- it was coming around. There's a, there's a The range runs up into a sort of a hill face, what they call a giant mountain, but it's... Hill, yeah. Well, it's probably as big as Mount Doom is. Um, so it's a small hill. There's only one time a year that hill looks big. It's when you got to climb it. Yeah. Because <laughs> no one else goes <laughs> up there otherwise. <laughs> and, and it's quite long, though. It's sort of like a longish sort of hilly range and so and the wind if you're hitting it on the right if it's coming sort of over the top you're either having a right or sometimes it's um it'll sort of straighten and then it sort of comes around the hill and you'll have a left and a right and like the back of the range can be blowing left to right and then by the time it gets down to you you're watching the grass go right to left where you're standing and then up the back it's going left to right and you just think oh bugger (laughs) just hold hold center and see where it goes yeah um so there's a bit of that going on and yeah so it's long day long pretty tense day because you know when you're shooting with the other top 10 dudes you're uh, you're sort of on edge a bit um and so we got to the end of the day and i finished up on 55 hits and the leaders were on 58 tied on 58 there's two of them on 58 a guy and andy and i was in third on 55 and um, I think at one point during the day I was seven or eight hits back, so I managed to sort of claw back to three behind. Um, and those scores, so it's one one hit, yeah, one shot, one hit. So it's one point one one hit. Um, and we 
the round count for the day was 106. And so we're on 55 and 58, which is yeah, terrible. So you're low 50s. Um, so that sort of indicates... And we were the top squad. Yeah. Sure. So, so it gives a pretty good indication of how crappy the conditions were and how hard the course of fire was. But yeah. it was... Your 300 normal would have been good that day, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so so you, coming out of that, though, you'd be pretty happy with where you were sitting for the day? Yeah, like, I thought I'm within, you know, I'm within reach. Like, we're not out of... Not so far gone that it's unachievable the next day. But knowing that you only had six stages on the second day, you think, well, ten... Ten stages, you know, it's a lot, and you can either it'll sort of make or break whatever you wherever you're sitting after the Saturday you're not going to make a lot of places up especially if the conditions are the same so I was saying third you know I can probably get closer um, it was real tight behind me as well um, there's some 52s and 53 I think 51 and everyone was right there as you'd expect um, so on the on the Saturday do they do you have a dinner or is it just we do have a dinner yep um, and do they read out any of the scores? The they do. Yep. 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 Um, so they give you day one. So you, we, yeah, everyone, everyone meets up for dinner um, downtown at wherever it's getting organised, and they put a big feed on with. Um, yeah. See the, well, we're in sort of a hall, so it was all catered, um, which is quite cool. So everyone turns up talk some shit, has a good time, has dinner, they just sort of go through a few formalities, read out the scores, um, sort of top 15, I think, usually. And, yeah, confirm what we already knew, because I was keeping track of it anyway. Um, and, sort of, well, surprisingly, there's a few guys in the second squad who were, like, uh, right there as well. So we're like, oh, okay. It's tighter than we, tighter than we thought, so. Yeah. Um, well, not surprisingly, because they're all bloody good shooters. You know, it's it's not as though there's only ten good guys. There's twenty guys who are, or thirty guys who are all real good. And after all, this is the final, so it's the f- top forty guys out of the series. So yeah, you'd, you'd expect it to be good. Yeah. Um. So we did that. Uh, we all sort of had finished licking our wounds by then, and went home, and just basically, um, it's all about just reading the stages for the next day. So trying to get your head around, you know, put put what's happened behind you, make sure, give the gun a once over, bit of a dry off because it was sort of rainy, lube everything up, um, make sure everything's in line, you know, nothing's come loose and all that shit and just, you know, um, get a good night's sleep and then into it day two. Yeah, so everyone, everyone's pretty similar. Everyone's just doing the same shit. They just check yeah. everything, and so yeah. everyone's pretty yeah. focused. I imagine the guys you were staying with were all pretty. Some of the they were pretty good shooters, I imagine. So yep, um, yep, um, yeah. Was, yeah, a little bit of sort of panicking going on. Um, I suppose some guys who had a worse day than you'd expect. Sort of, you know, going home to. Um, do a little bit of load work and stuff like that, see if they can tighten things up a bit. Yeah, um, at, the, yeah. at the 11th hour, like that. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Thinking that the the, 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 the 
the hand load is the issue, not the weather. Could could have been. You know? Yeah. Wow. I, I, hey, some people can fixate on different things, or or they may have seen something, or yeah, maybe they you don't know what you don't know what's going on. Or, yeah. 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 No. True. Yeah. That's um. Yeah. Wow. That's um. And I, and I guess it's final. And yeah. Okay. I, I get it. Um, like you got to, yeah. Like it's taken very seriously. Yeah, no, no, for sure. Yeah, but that, that's that's um, that's interesting. I'd, I'd never consider that. Um, I'd do it. <laughs> yeah. If I if I was close to home and I could do it, I'd do it. If yeah. I thought there was an issue, I'd go home and check shit too, and yeah. try some different loads. And you know, why not? You've got twelve hours until the next day. You can always put a light out at a hundred meters, can't yeah. you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, so good night's sleep, no no issues. See, I have this is, I have trouble sleeping in new beds for oh, yeah. the first few nights when I go away. So I, I struggle to get good nights rest when I'm bed hunting. No, I'm 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 probably a bit blessed like that. Like I could literally sleep on the concrete floor, um, any like with people talking. I'll just go to sleep straight away anywhere. It doesn't yeah. worry me at all. So I've actually just... I've seen Mark Andrews asleep. While we're shooting a stage, and he's already shot, he's like lying down in the field asleep behind me. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've had a cheeky sleep at a couple of matches in between stages. <laughs> Why not? <Yeah. laughs> okay, so anyway, so you have got a good night's rest. Uh, yep. You wake up. Oh, this one thing. What do you do for for breakfast? Like, um, get something on the way, or do you guys cooking a feed there? Bacon. I would cook to feed. Yeah, cook, sort of, cook a feed. You know, high so. high carb, a lot of protein, sort of like a farmer breakfast. Yeah. Yep. Stuff, yeah. Yep. 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 Um, you got a lot less time over there than we do between stages and stuff like that. And it's quite, they keep quite a strict sort of timeline on how fast you're moving and stuff like that. So you really got to remind yourself to eat and drink during the day. Mm. Um, and you normally just wander back to your car and stuff like that and get something because you're right oh, there. Okay. Oh, okay. Yep. okay. See, okay. Yep. So I, you're not moving. As yeah. you know, I, I have a bit of a meal plan through the day because you normally yeah. eat my food through a match. Yeah. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> In fact, you've never turned down food from me at a match ever. No, I'll eat everything you give me. I love yeah. it. <laughs> Baby <laughs> carrot. Oh, that's the trick, man. Baby carrots. It's a great yep. uh, range snack. Um, okay. So you, um, you have a good feed. You get there day two. Um, what's the go? What happened? Yep. So the weather was um, better on day two. Better than it was forecast to be worse on the Sunday, and it was actually wasn't great, but it was definitely a lot better. And they'd preempted it to be worse, and saw how the match director had seen how shit it was, uh, the scores and the shooting was on the Saturday. So they'd gone out and changed a few things for the course of fire, not drastically. They just it's like there was two KYL racks out there for the Saturday. One was supposed to be at 500 and the other one was supposed to be at 400. And they brought them in about 50 metres each or something like that. And yeah. a couple of the really small plates, like the point twos and stuff like that, they changed out for slightly bigger ones. So it wasn't a massive leg up. Like they're not doubling the size of everything. Um, but just some of the really small hard shit, that would have been like impossible if the conditions were the same. They just made it, yeah give you another tenth yeah. of, of error. Yeah. Um, and so that was good. Um, resprayed everything. Um, yeah, so we started on quite a hard stage. And... Uh, where is it? 
bear with me. I've got the book in front of me. Um, sorry, that's for 10 seconds. Oh, God, I can't even find it now. It was... So, I'll do it from memory. So, you had to start... They had sort of a, a hut set up between two of the sh shooting benches. So, they had a fake um, sort of roof um, over top two of them, like, you know, like a little rooftop thing. Mm -hmm. And they had a little window porthole cut out in the ply at the front, sort of underneath between the two benches. So, you had to sh start by shooting the first two targets. There's a lot of targets, too. Um... God, I'll find it. There was a lot of targets. Spinning barriers. Ah, never mind. And so you had to shoot off your tripod. Well, you didn't have to. You could shoot unsupported if you wanted through the porthole at the two near targets. You had to go left, right, left. And it was like a rabbit silhouette and then a kangaroo head and then back to the rabbit Um, at 400 metres or something. Mm-hmm. And then you had to go to the far, uh, a far set of targets and do the same, left, right, left, which was the same, rabbit, kangaroo head, rabbit, um, which was about 500 metres. And then you had to jump, um, so there was six rounds. Then you had to get onto the, shoot over the top of the rooftop, support side, Ugh, yep. at, the near, at the near set, left, right, left. And then you had to go to the other side of the rooftop and shoot the far targets strong side left right left so 12 round stage quite a lot to remember um all of that you had to set up your tripod on the clock um and you had two minutes to do all of that so we're like well this is don't you mean five minutes like this is a lot and I'm like no not two minutes and so i watched a few guys go and because we'd done 10 shooters the day before 10 stages the day before i was like second to shoot i think as well so i watched so one guy go and he went all right i thought right oh there's no time to dial i'm just gonna hold everything and i had a good plan what i was gonna do so i jumped down um got tripod set up quickly a little bit higher than i expected the porthole so i sort of had to puff the bag up a bit to, to do it and yep. hit the first so I think missed the first target, then hit the second one, and then the third one, after I got my wind, and that was all good, and then moved to the far target, and missed all three, and I was thinking, what in the shit is going on? Like, panicking. Couldn't see anything. The worst part is I couldn't see the misses. Had no clue. So I was like, oh, it must be wind. Health, more wind, couldn't see shit. I was like, oh, God, maybe I'll try centre plate on the third shot. Nothing. I was like, fuck. <laughs> this is not going good. So jump back up on top of the roof, change my mag, support side, hit all three of the of the close ones, support side, so sweet as, we're on, got my wind, it's only another 100 metres, it's got, yeah, another point one, which should be golden. Mm -hmm. And bang, 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 missed all three again. And strong side, basically modified prone, sort of standing prone off this, yeah, rooftop, and I was like, oh dear, this is not good. So I've got like five... Five or six out of twelve, and well, seven, five, six or so. Can't remember. Another. And the first guy had shot um, 
was sort of lower, quite a bit lower in the rankings for me. He was probably tenth or so, and he'd virtually cleaned it. I think he got twelve, uh, ten or something. And I was mm-hmm. like, "Oh shit, this is not great." And then watched some of the other guys shoot, and they all did significantly better. So straight away after the first stage, I was like eight points down again from first, and so that put the pressure on. But I just could not work out. I actually asked if I could go down and check my zero because you can. They have the one end of the range they've got a board and if you are having trouble, you can go and check your zero mid-match. And so I said, hey, I'm just not 100% sure on what this gun's doing. Um, can I go check my zero? And I said, yep, sweet as. And my zero is absolutely cock on. I was like, right, <laughs> this is... Uh, it's not the gun. What did I do? Did I stuff up the holding? Did I stuff up the data in general and I rearranged everything and ranges were good, my data was good, I think it was one point whatever. Um and two point nine and I was saying, God, did I What did I do? Did I hold wrong? And the what I've come down to is I reckon I was just holding I just held wrong. I just held the wrong elevation maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I still couldn't work it out, but I was like, Oh I'll bugger it. I'm just not gonna hold now. <laughs> I'm gonna tile um to be sure and i was gonna move on so after that um we had another couple of tricky stages and once again um didn't do amazing and so by now i was sort of panicking <laughs> oh there it is there under no so it's yeah only 350 and 420 meters so I only had to hold, I doled for the first one, doled 1.7, I only had to hold 0.4 difference. And I'm suspicious, but the spotter said, oh, you're going high. And I was like, high? Wait, what? And he said, yeah, all of them hit through the straps. And I said, well, no wonder I couldn't see it. Yeah. And I was wondering, yeah, the only thing I could think of was I was holding the wrong side of the, yeah. You like held a half mil instead of the four well, or something. Well, no, half mil oh, would have put, put you through the straps. Would have just been clipping the top. Yeah, because they were like 0. 0.4 high these targets, so there was some oh, wriggle room. Because okay. it's a, a full size rabbit, yeah, like a sitting rabbit, so you've got a bit of wriggle room. And I just couldn't work it out. But I was like, oh, I'll just move on. Um, and then yeah, a couple of other long, complicated stages, like twelve rounders, twelve rounds in a hundred seconds. Um, and I did okay. Uh, sort of sevens and eights and but we all were doing okay it was that one stage and i was still uh, after the third stage i was still for the day i only had three left and i was still eight points behind and i was starting to panic a bit then i was thinking well this is not great and so then we got down to the other end of the rage and there's a stage called you do you but only once it was 130 seconds 14 rounds so big long stage unlimited gear uh, four targets, sort of big and small at 450, a 240 and a 175, and a big and small at 360, so and a, a 180 and 140 mil plate. Um, and there was eight or nine different positions, and you had to go through, uh, shoot or engage the near left and right targets from any of the first four marked positions they choose. The shooter will then engage the far left and right targets from any of the next three positions they choose all positions can only be used once 
and it was just a pile of stuff there was like a tank trap and a drum and a gate and some tires and a road marking barrier and um stuff like that and there was a prone position that you could use and i was like no nah, it'll be too slow by the time you drop down and get into that and get back out of it um so i had a good plan and knew the positions i wanted to use opted for tripod rear because it's little tails so i need to get these hits um and i ended up with 13 out of 14 on that stage and that put me right back up in contention i think after that's well that that after that stage i was then in the lead oh so that one stage turned around so yeah other people struggled with it obviously everyone yeah yeah um one other guy got 12 but he was quite way behind me um so after that stage i was on 81 and i actually had a three point buffer over the two guys tied in second on 79 and there was two more on 78 and a guy on 76 and and two stages remaining two remaining yeah so did that put that, you did that sorry did that now you've won a lot here especially this last year we've talked about it yeah offline but this there's a lot more at stake here well, theoretically a lot more at stake right yes so how did that affect because you know exactly where the points are going into those last two do you thrive off it or do you use it as a as it become a crutch rather than an aid usually i do and i it didn't affect me negatively, but I was like, man, like, this is it. You know, you can't make mistakes for two stages here. And there was, oh, you know, like, there was some pressure, and I'd be lying if I said there wasn't. Yeah, like, it was a big match. It's, uh, you know, so I sort of just really just knuckled down, stopped talking to everyone, started focusing, like, really stayed as focused as I could. Um, so the next stage after that was the skill stage three. Yep. So that was good because we all cleaned that. Okay, so um, that, that keeps everything square. So that's good. Everything's everything's the same. I'm on 89. The two guys behind me are on 87. Nothing's changed. Um, you know, by now, me and Guy have already done the maths on the series because we both love the numbers thing. So we're doing it as we go and we're like, right, well, we know that if we stay here, we had a big enough margin over everyone else that one of us would win the series oh, as well. Fucking hell, man. <laughs> so that added, that added the pressure. I knew I had to get Guy by two points because he was one point ahead of me, uh, 1.1 points ahead of me or something in the series. So I had to be yep. two hits. One hit wasn't going to be enough. I had to be two hits ahead of him. And at this point, I had a two-hit margin. So I was like, shit yeah it's not just the finale this is the series right now so two stages to go this is you know this is this is what you want right so um we then the next stage looking at it again which was a pretty hard stage um it was five different targets like a troop line off five different positions on some target on on some cable drums all positional um and looking at the scores i managed to maintain my two point margin i was on 97 guys on 95 oh and um 
Andy, who was sitting there tied with Guy, he was on 96. So suddenly I was only one point in the lead, but I knew Andy wasn't an issue for the finale, so, uh, for the series. So I was like, right, the two points over Guy, and I've only got one point in the in the bank now for for the um, for the for the for the win on that. And this is so now we're into the last stage of the match. So this is a, like an all-or-nothing stage, and it was that one with the two... And I'll read this one out, because... Uh, just because. No, so. yeah, I, I want to know, yeah. <laughs> so it was 120... The stage is called Know Your Win Pursuit. So it was 120 rounds... 120 seconds, sorry. 10 rounds. <laughs> yeah, 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 big stage. 120 seconds, 10 rounds, all gear allowed... Um, it was a rack, what's well, in the book here is 500 and 400 metres, but they pulled it in, um, oh, there we go, so the far rack was at 435 and the near rack was 377. So it was, the far rack was 200, 165, 135, 100 mil and 75 mil plate. And the closer rack was, uh... They were too sick. They were long, skinny plates. So it was. This is why it's called know your know your wind pursuit. And the second rack they called a KYW rack. And I was like, well, I said to the match director, who was by then watching our squad because he was keen. Everyone was watching our squad by then. And I said, what's a KYW rack? And he says, know your wind. So I was like, right, that makes sense. Because I said, they, they all look the same width. He said, they, no, they all are the same width. He said, all five are 0.2 wide. Yeah. He said, the only, the bigger ones at the start, they're longer. And then you get down to a, like a 0.2 by 0.2 square. Um, I said, right, so like, <laughs> they're all basically might as well be the same target. Because elevation's not going to be an issue at this stage of the, of the match. So it's just 0.2, five lots of 0.2 wide targets that you're shooting at. Yeah. Uh, and the first one was circles, so that was actually big to small. So, stage brief. Well, shoot at a start, port arms behind the mark position. No magazine inserted. Uh, bolt back. On the signal, the shooter will enter the tray of the ute, build a position, and engage the near KYL rack. Um, upon all targets being successfully engaged... Shooter will remove their magazine, exit the tray of the ute, move around the back of the ute to the bonnet. Shooter will build a position on the bonnet and engage the far KYW rack, which is the long skinny ones. Um, so you had to clear the first rack to be able to move to the move positions. So this is another one of those rare stages that if you miss, you can re-engage. And it was hit to move, you didn't have to restart. But the wind was niggly enough. Like, I was looking at it, I was saying, mm, yeah, we're going to be 0.3 to 0.5. Like, I can easily get there on the first target. I was going to watch it closely where it is. It's probably going to be 0.4, but I'll bracket 0.3 to 0.5 mm-hmm. and, and see. And it landed, like, bang on, um, uh, bang, bang in the middle at 0.4. But, so, by now, I was pretty much, uh, so I was down the order a bit by then, because it was the last stage, so I was sort of mid-pack shooting. Guy had already shot before me, um, and he had got eight, I believe, eight, from memory. 
And so I had a two-point margin over him. So I knew I had to, if I wanted to win the series, I had to get eight. Mm-hmm. If I wanted to win the match, I didn't know because Andy was one point behind me after the last stage. He hadn't shot yet. So I was like, all I had in my mind was, you have to get eight. That's all that matters. I don't, you know, if I come second in the match but win the series, I would have been stoked. Oh, yeah, the series is worth yeah. more than, yeah, no, agreed. Yeah. So I was like, just eight. You know, I have to get eight. And it was like, basically, I thought it was all going to come down to that last target, that 75 mil target at 430. Like, if I burn up rounds trying to hit that and I can't move around to the other rack, um, that's up. So, uh, you're shooting off sort of the side of the ute. You had to, everything had to be in the ute deck. Um, you're shooting in the ute off the well side, so not super stable, but not super unstable. So I was like, nah, I'm going to deploy like half height tripod. I'm going to use tripod rear, front bag, my big bag. Like everything as stable as I could be. And yeah, really concentrate on the wind. And so I was like, right. 0.3 to 0.5, see where it lands, and it landed bang on 0.4, and I just rattled through that rack, like, so smoothly, just bam, ba bam, ba bam, ba bam, ba bam, all five pieces of pus using 0.4. I was like, fuck yes, we are on. Like, <laughs> I've straight around to the to the front of the ute, and it's basically modified prone off the ute, off the bonnet, yeah. what they called a bonnet, it wasn't actually a ute, it was just like a sloping bit of pry apply um thought you know this one was further away so I thought right I'll add 0.1 you know to it 0.5 because the conditions all look the same I took a moment to look at the grass and everything through the scope everything was the same I was like right I to add 0.1 um shot at the first one like went between the first and the second one. There's quite a big gap. Landed at like uh, somewhere between point two and point three, and I was like, "Oh shit!" Winds died. Righto. Quickly put point two on. You know, like held point two, sent it. Lands exactly at point five, and I was like, "Oh hell!" There goes my two spare shots, <laughs> yep. and I haven't even hit the first one yet. So quickly back to point five, hit it. Quickly moved to the second one, 0.5, hit it. Third one, like, this is it, last round, third target, hit this, win it all, right? Like, this mm-hmm. is this is, this is it. 0.5, send it. Nah. Oh. <laughs> Miss. Just, wind had just, just died. And, God, you, the video, which I haven't shown anyone, I just fucking collapsed on the <laughs> just head and hands I was just like that nah, I know exactly did you pray what did you pray means. like that other video <laughs> no 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 <laughs> well, in that in that moment of because I knew exactly what it meant I knew that right then like unless we'd stuffed the maths up like right then there was a I the series was gone yeah all I needed was that one hit and I was like that nah, I've never been so disappointed about anything ever like, I was just like, shit, that was it. That was my chance, and I ruined it. And so close to it. And so I went and, you know, 
I'm, I'm good mates with guys, so no hard feelings about the uh, patting them on the back. Well done, got you by one point for the match. You've got me in the series. All comes down to Andy now, how he shoots. Um, so he, he'd have to clear the, the stage? Or... He would have to get eight. Yeah. He would have to get eight, because I only got seven, and he was one hit behind me. Yeah. Yeah, eight, and then it would come down to time. Um, to, to eight to tie it, so eight or nine would have won it. So we watched him, and he had, he didn't go that good. I think he got six or something. Um, and so final scores was me on one hundred and four, uh, guy on one hundred and three, Andy on one hundred and one, and Plushy on one hundred. Yeah, they're still tight. Very tight. Yeah, flippy. Yeah, that's um. Yeah, that's that's awesome. So, yeah, very, very, very tight and um, actually super impressive by Andy because a week earlier he'd had his appendix out and he still had stitches in. So he was did the whole match very, very gingerly and yeah. shot extremely well considering. Um, and, yeah, so we already knew what had happened. We'd already worked it all out. I'd got the match. Um, Guy got the series. And the final series points were so tight, you couldn't even, you know, believe how tight it was. It was, they go down to three decimal points yeah. in the scoring because it's percentages. So I was on, guy was on 342 point something. Um, and I was literally point zero zero eight behind him. So Nothing. like not, yeah. not even point one of a percent. Yeah. It was yeah, and then the more I thought about it later on, like obviously I was pretty um, pretty disappointed. I was happy that I'd won the match, but and I'd I'd never actually thought that I'd be able to get close to the series anyway because of how far I was behind. Um. Yeah. 340, 341.450 and I was 341.364 so 0.084 no 0.0 yeah 0.08 of a percent it's pretty wicked that it's it come down to a shot though didn't it but it's the more I thought about it so I was like oh I can't be too disappointed because you you have three scores that that go for your uh, go for the series. So you've got your finale, obviously, which has to count if you shoot it, and then you've got your two best uh, season scores as well. So from those matches, um, we shot one hundred and seventy something at the final. Um, shot one hundred and seventy something at Tasmania and. Steel Apocalypse was a reduced match, but I think we ended up shooting about 140 there. Those were my three contributing scores. So 170, 170, 130 is 480-odd rounds. Yeah. I just needed one more of that anywhere. Anywhere. To hit. Wow. One hit out of those 480, one hit more, because they all count, because you get one hit more, you get a better percentage. Yeah. In anything. Obviously, I got 150 for the final, because I won. And so either I got the one hit there in the final or either of those other matches, I just needed one hit somewhere or 
on the other side, Guy just needed one hit less somewhere. We both shot the same number of rounds, so it was a combined total of almost a thousand rounds, and it came down to one shot. One shot. Out of a thousand. Well, I mean, so. <laughs> it's still nothing to to sneeze at, mate. That's um, no, it's incredible. So, reliving it, reliving it just then, almost six weeks on, has just brought back so much disappointment about it. You know, the, the disappointment you feel there is when I um was half asleep and watched that big deer walk away. It's a similar similar feeling. Nah, it's ten times worse than that. <laughs> Except I can't make fun of you for your one. Um, anyway, so okay, so um, you head from there. You've already got a, a, a pretty good idea, pending um, yeah issues on math. What's happened? So you had prize giving. So how does that work? Is it at the place at the club, or is it at the we had dinner the night before? Where we had dinner the night before, so we all go get changed. Um, everyone meets up again, same spot for for prize giving and drinks and stuff. And so yeah few formalities take place and obviously there's a lot lot going on being the the end of the series so there's all the categories and stuff like that as well um to go through so yeah we just sort of everyone was catching up just had a squiz around the prize table see what they had up for offer which is all pretty good stuff as you imagine um and yeah just hoped that we hadn't done the maths wrong well i was sort of hoping i had done the maths wrong by one hit <laughs> but <laughs> like you yeah, know yeah. we didn't actually know because all i knew was the six guys that we'd been watch keeping track of we didn't know anyone else um and there was guys after day one and the other squads that were real close as well so we you didn't actually know for sure i had a fair idea but um when they got down to sort of announcing the top three and I was like, yeah, no, well, it's not going to be, you know, if, if Andy's third, it has to be me and Guy. Yeah. Um, and then Guy's second, I was like, well, it sort of has to be me, unless I've missed eight shots that I thought I hit. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it was, so that was great. And no, I got it 100% right for the series. Guy got series, I got second by bugger all. I won the match, he got second in the match. Um... Yeah, it was it was bloody good, and and sort of felt not felt sorry for, but it was like the two guys uh, who were sitting first and second in the series um, didn't feature in the match. They were seventh and I don't know wherever, like down the line a bit, and they ended up sub- subsequently getting bumped back to fourth and fifth in the series. Well, you got to keep the A game till the end, eh? That's right. Yeah. So no, no one, no one would have predicted how it ended up at all. Yeah. Um, so we, so we, so we'd been, as I mentioned, maybe we were coming back from um, the gun rack held a match in Auckland, um, and we managed to time it. So you'd sent us a, a link like, "Hey, the prize giving here's the link." So we stopped in Pew Pew on side <coughs> road, and we sort of got to watch. They announced they announced the match winner first. And then the series is sort of a little bit up. Yeah. So we got yeah. to watch that, and that was awesome, right? Because we didn't know where you'd come. So you'd missed me the previous day saying, like, the hardest match I've ever shot, like, the conditions. Yeah. Terrible. <laughs> and then you, the second day, you sort of didn't say much. And so I figured, oh, I think he's done all right. And then 
And then, we, you know, so we got to, we watched that live on the side of the road. So me, me, Simon, sorry, Simon, Hordy and me, which was awesome. You know, just sitting next to the quarry and pew pew. And then, and then the the feed turned to, to custard on, on their end from the live stream. So we, yeah. we but we managed to get it working again, uh, I don't know, 20 miles up the road or something. And a patch of reception because there's not a lot between pew pew and new Plymouth there. And, um. And we got to, to watch the series side of it, which was which was really really cool to be able to watch um, that from from New Zealand and and, yeah. and and learn along with everyone else at the same time how you'd done. So uh, we need to say as congratulations, like you went there to figure out the series out and get a feel for it and such. And by the end of it, um, winning the final, coming second in the series is a massive achievement. It's not. It's not. It's it's massive, and and in, in precision rifle shooting, field shooting, the various disciplines we have here in New Zealand, that's the biggest achievement anybody's done. So congratulations. Um, Thank you. No, it's well deserved, mate. And, and for people who know you, um, outside of just the match stuff, the amount of work you put in is massive. It's not just well, you add up all your wins. That's obviously not a fluke, but the work put in is big, um, and it pays off. And, and practicing properly targeted anyway it, awesome yeah pretty cool um no it was pretty yeah I'm, yeah it's it's yeah pretty pleasing when you do put in a lot of work and you get the result mm. um and obviously it wasn't the well yeah i didn't have the expectation of doing that well in the series anyway before the match but you can't help when you're a competitive person when you get that close and it comes down to that finer margin you can't help but do be disappointed by it um but it's overshadowed now by the fact that yeah i've got that trophy for the finale sitting on my uh on my uh, desk behind me at the moment I'm, I'm gonna say something out of all the trophies of the whole series least cool it was the, by far the least cool. I, and i hate to say that <laughs> <laughs> but but like the other ones, man, they That's are so the epic. sickest. I'm, I'm talking the, I mean, I'm the World Cup for Precision Rifle had a gay edge trophy, but all the uh, the American stuff trophies are okay, but the Australian ones pre pre final were just epic, epic trophy. Man, I'm <laughs> I'm lucky enough to have had a look at yours in person, and man, um, but. But yeah, again, it's it's not what the trophy looks like and what it represents, no. right? But but it, but it just it, it was bizarre. Maybe maybe, <laughs> yeah. maybe they do that. Maybe they do that to not overshadow the golden bullet. I don't know. Maybe yeah. so. So for those who don't know, again, most of our most of our listeners are, are Kiwis. Um, the winner of the series gets the golden bullet. Um, the US one is quite a bit larger, I believe. But yes, yeah, huge. It's massive. Um, it's like it. Yeah, it's like an artillery round. It's huge. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, is it and now? So, and then you get um, second through. Is it tenth in Australia or second through fifth? Get a blue bullet, third or something. Mm, definitely at least fifth. Yeah. So and 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 you get the similar thing engraved. It's very very neat. Um, pretty awesome, man. It's a, it's a hell of an achievement. You, you've added a lot of trophies to your. Uh, your, your mantelpiece this year and um, I imagine that one is sitting pretty well in the middle so well maybe maybe some of my ones are sitting front and centre because you know but you know, anyway um, nah, no. fair to say that, fair to say that um, 
that finale one is sitting right smack bang in the middle. I heard a rumour you were wearing it as a necklace. It's a bit big for that. Doesn't matter. That that and your um your those stupid fucking glasses you wear, that's your new look. <laughs> and and a T and B, because you know. Phew. Yeah. <laughs> yeah boy. <laughs> um no, I, man, um cool. Um very very cool and i appreciate i mean you've been coming on the podcast for for ages but i appreciate you coming and talking about it on here and um and and telling everyone your yarn like it's pretty interesting um yeah and so (laughs) unfortunately next podcast at some point we have to talk about the huge disappointment yeah mere seven days later but never mind it's going to be hero (laughs) hero to zero literally yeah yeah. No, but, but that's, that's that's another one. We don't want to um, take the shine no. off this one. Um, no. But again, hey, it's, it's no nah, wicked. So I think that eighty-eight minutes. It's a pretty long podcast, so we'll probably wrap that up there. Um, yep. Real quick um, for us, we've got the twenty-two series final third weekend of January. What's that? The twenty-first of, of, of January Saturday. That's it. Yeah. I think. Uh, so if you haven't got your spot in get that booked in that's for GPRE they're running the final obviously we're involved it's going to be it's going to be pretty much the coolest 22 event ever held in New Zealand sorry if you run a 22 event and you think it was cooler um, uh, we can have that super steel that's sold out but if you want a spot get on that again that's using service rifles but it's it's madness um, and we are opening for those who are listening to this as it's released entries for the long range challenge uh, TD Long Range Challenge. So that takes place on the last weekend of February. It's uh, Friday evening and then Saturday and Sunday is a, a two-day match. Um, uh, two different, completely different courses of fire. Uh, we're not using the same targets the second day. We're not using the same positions, nothing. Like it's essentially two completely different competitions. Uh, so it's going to be big. That'll have, we'll run, and we'll even have a prize table and stuff like that. So, um, get in on that you want to be a part of that event it's a good event and um other than that any any closing closing remarks mr collie thank you you want to thank anybody obviously a lot of people have um you can thank wilkie for his like his motivational speech that that's but that speech is what got it done that week that was it that was the moment that was the so, wilkie eh uh, that was it he should be a motivational speaker because that was man i've never had a, i've never had a moment like that in my life no, that, that, jokes aside, that's cool, man. That's that's that's, uh, yeah. Him wanting to, yeah, that's cool. That's that's fucking awesome, actually. Um, yeah, the yeah, just obviously everyone. I've got a lot of lot of. Uh, Feel lot free to thank your sponsors. Thank yeah, yeah, sponsors. A lot a lot of people who support me now, but yeah, obviously Hardys and um, yeah, for everything they do and all the gear um that I've got, it's all their stuff and. Yeah, gets the job done time and time again. Um, yeah, BJ with TMBs. Um, I heard a rumour there'll be TMBs coming to New Zealand soon. Mm-hmm. Is that, yep. is that public? Yep. Yep. Yeah, 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 yep. yeah. If you if you want a TMB, get in touch with me. I'll sort you out. We've um, got a constant stream of them coming in. And, yep. um, so yeah, the, these are known as the best muzzle brake slash tuna muzzle brake in the world. Yep. Um, Used by well Morgan King, if you know Morgan King is, he's running one. He's anyway, it's it, good kit. So who else? Hey, sorry, you, you used by me. That's used more by... important. <laughs> Anthony Colley, the Morgan <laughs> King of Tikakino. <laughs> That's right. 
Um, yeah, I mean, just you guys who are always train with and stuff like that, you know, like it's it's um it's all all adds up to the bigger picture, you know. It's all every every everyone who who is around me, um, you know, Sarah as well for putting up with me, gallivanting around the world doing all this shooting. Yeah, I feel sorry for her. No, she loves it probably. She's she's lovely, <laughs> but um, <laughs> um, no, uh, I, I don't. Yeah, a lot of work went in on your end too. So it's not just it's like Simon made a comment to me the other day. He's like, like awesome guns and and, and good gears, great, but it's it's wind call, trigger control, fundamentals, natural point of aim, planning. It's still mm. you, you know. Yeah. So it's um, it's awesome, man. Um, yeah, like I've put put work in with Simon as well for some of the you know, hey, work on that. I, I tell you what, those if, appreciated. If if that's those that stuff with Simon didn't take place, this, that private training, you wouldn't have got the results at those other matches, would you? Really, with the unsupported stages, no. so, um, it would have. So no, that made a huge difference. And um, yeah, so yeah. yeah, massive thanks to I mean, massive thanks to everyone who's been involved in the in the whole season because at some point in time, everyone who's helped me out or shot with me or you know sorted my gear or you provided this and that and everything has um it's all led to that basically because you know when you when when we yeah when when i sit back and look at it again you know one hit yeah one more hit out of that 480 almost 500 could have got me the could have got me the serious championship but five or ten less hits I wouldn't have been anywhere near it. Yeah, exactly. And so, um, hey, you like you say, um, slings, if fucking magazine pouches were borrowed, like shit like that. It was, yeah, yeah, it was, everything. Uh, like, yeah, everyone, everyone who's and there's so many people, but yeah, everyone and everyone who listens will know, you know, <laughs> who they're. You as well, Graham. You know, you helped me out. With, like everyone did. Everyone did. Like it was a big team effort, especially even you know getting getting. Getting someone to come here for five days pre-match, Wilkie to 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 shoot with me. Ty I heard I wife. heard he took care of vacuuming and and, and oh, yeah. feeding yeah. the kids and stuff while you were training. Yeah. That's real good, no, Wilkie. Everything, yeah. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no, no you're just... right. You, you you I shouldn't make fun because you were saying something nice about him, but um, yeah, that's that's awesome. A big achievement. Um, I mean, we're blabbing on about it, but. Pretty awesome. And now, again, um, so next year we're heading back. I'm coming with you. Yeah. Um, I imagine you're going pretty bloody hard out of the gate. I'll be coming in hot so straight you, away. You want to go into the final <laughs> with 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 was it 200 or 400? Or I want to go. I want to go in with 200. Yep. Yeah. You know, I'm not planning. My plan next year is a, sort of a, a reduced season in New Zealand and Australia. I've got other plans that i want to pursue that we'll no doubt talk about at a later date Mm -hmm. um and so i'll probably only have three australian matches regular season and then potentially well and then the and then the finals so i want to i want to do really well i want to out of those three i will i just want to win all three but if i can go in with a two go in with a 200 or 198 or something like that and be right there right from the start that's that's my plan so i'll be putting in a heap of work yeah so I've I mean I've got I, I we've obviously we started tentatively planning our training I, I've got a goal of top 10 over there series I think I can do it maybe if I put a lot of work in um, 
But again, I don't know the level there yet, so it's hard to say how you go. And but that's the goal. Um, this, this is why it's so good, right? Because you're dipping your toe into the unknown, and that's why it was so exciting for me this year. It's something new. None of us had done it before. We didn't have a clue what the level was like over there. Was it really good? Was it really crap? Was it somewhere in the middle? Was it very similar to us? And um, yeah, same thing with the with the US stuff, which we'll talk about. But yeah, um, you just don't know until you go and do it, and yeah. that's what makes it so good. That's right. And, and even even for me, just shooting on a square range is going to be something new to learn. You know, shooting in, in such a crowded area, uh, fucking tripods. Like I look at all their photos, just to see a tripods and shit everywhere tripod forest they call it yeah whereas here you like back the photo you see like a beautiful mountain or a, a vista but over there it's, it's just different right it's, it's legislative things anyway but so there'll be a lot to learn um i can't afford to do all the matches obviously um so i gotta i'll, I, I'll do the minimum as well essentially just for, for, for time and money and, and stuff like that but um yeah just make it count that's the idea i, yeah, I hopefully, one hopefully there's Wait a minute, sorry. One yeah. advantage I have as as you as being able to obviously train with you, but pester you for what to expect. So that's um, yeah. Whereas I don't really, I've talked to Rusty and stuff and, and on his podcast and stuff over the years, but I don't really know anyone over there. So it's um mm. yeah, it'll be good. Anyway, we'll probably finish up the podcast there as we yep push on to a hundred minutes. We'll yeah. probably bust out another one maybe for the end of the year when you, just, when you get a chance. Um, we'll talk about uh, you got an invitation to the US Paris final, so the, 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 the big time, so to speak. Um, Helen Venture flying across the world. Um. And spoiler alert, epic <laughs> fail. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, yeah, anyway. <laughs> we'll, talk, we'll talk about that next time. And... Um, yeah. Hey, maybe even depending on how much shit goes on this end of this year with with your life, but we'll come over to some possum hunting or something. And yeah. Have another round of the possum rifle series. But um, that, yeah. that's that's the story for another day. So thank you everyone for listening. Um, thanks to Anthony, and um, we'll talk to you all again soon. Yeah, bloody good. Catch you later.